Let's Go Tokyo with Ben O'Shea and Mark Reddings. Hello and welcome to Let's Go Tokyo. Ben O'Shea and Mark Reddings with you. It's August 5, day 13 of the Games, and the Olympic journey is over for Australian basketball, with the Boomers going down to the Dream Team. We were going so well in the first half, but USA came back strong to take the game 97-78. What did you make of it, Skeet? Well, it was so promising for the Australians, wasn't it, in the first half? We had a double-digit lead, but then Kevin Durant, uh, arguably the best player in the world, just a superstar, Ends up with 23 points. And the scoreline doesn't look flattering, does it? 97 to 78. So we miss out on the gold medal possibility. I don't think in the heart of hearts of many Australians, we thought we could beat the Americans. We thought we could challenge them. But to actually beat this team will take something extraordinary. So we still have the chance to win our first medal, a bronze medal or be it. But I can tell you now, uh, that will be uh, an absolute blessing if we could get that bronze medal because we've finished fourth so many times it's not funny. But for the time being, a little reality check for the boomers over there in Tokyo. Yeah, there was some exciting moments, that's for sure. Aussie hearts were fluttering when we had that double-digit lead. Now we look forward to playing whoever wins out of Slovenia and France. France looked pretty good earlier in this tournament. I haven't seen Slovenia play yet, but either way, it's going to be a tall task for the boomers, uh, one that we hope that they're up for. Uh, and meanwhile, while day 13 was unlucky for the boomers, it's proven to be Australia's day yet mm. again. Two more gold medals added to the tally. Absolutely. Uh, Australia doing really well. The men's 1,000-metre doubles canoe sprint. Congratulations to Tom Green and John van der Westhuizen. And 18-year-old Keegan Palmer gave Australia its 17th gold medal in the skateboarding final. So there you go. There's something to uh, fly the flag for. Skateboarding. We both thought it shouldn't be in the Olympics. Now we've won a gold medal. Mate, forever be I love there. It. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, nothing's better than skateboarding. But I have to say, it has generated a lot of good moments for a sport that maybe some people question whether or not it belonged uh, in sort of a pure exhibition of sport like the Olympics. And talking about inspiring, it didn't get much better than watching Peter Bowl last night in the 800 metres. Fantastic, wasn't it? And he showed a fair bit of gusto and bravado by putting him front and centre and led the field around the bend. I thought he might fade. He had a gut-busting run. He did, but he finished fourth, and that was a terrific effort. Um, so much so that more than 3 million people tuned in to watch the race. Uh, that's uh, 329% more than the people who watched the same event at the Rio Olympics. Now, time zones, etc. But it was having that Australian involvement. And the story behind Peter meant this was just so compelling. He finished fourth, and he won over so many fans with the way he conducted himself in the post-race interview. Yeah, it was just fantastic to see. He told Sunrise this morning that it's just been unreal, the support from home. I saw them all in my house. I just thought they probably needed a bigger house. <laughs> so, so many of the Bowl family crammed into that one lounge room. And, and look, they were proud, and there's no doubt the rest of Australia is proud, and can't help but be excited uh, about uh, Paris 2024, only three years away, and where Peter Bowl might be then. He could do anything in that period of time. He's improved so quickly and we know that his coach has got a lot of expectations on what he can do and uh, the story behind him and where he's come from and his refugee star. It's just a wonderful story and as I said, um, he's a West Australian in our minds. I know he's gone to Victoria to relocate and, and train but it's a great Australian story and we, we salute a fourth placing in that event, the 800 is something quite significant. And we've got a very special guest today, one who on Instagram I know for a fact has been a very keen supporter of our mate Peter Ball. Let's get him on. WA's elite athletes on the podium. 
Joining us now is a true WA world champion. He's a boxer, he's a legend, he's got a thriving career and now inspires and educates people both in the sport and outside the ring. He's a Sydney Olympian, business owner, campaigner, even saved someone's life. Welcome to the podcast, the one and only Danny Green. G'day guys, thanks very much for having me on mate. I should have had you as my ring announcer. <laughs> yeah, well he's got a bit dodgy, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got some dodginess about him as well. So uh... <laughs> That's right, probably fit into that well. <laughs> <laughs> mate, how are you doing? Good, thanks, mate. Have you been place. enjoying the Olympics? I've, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I've actually never. My wife is is a our our house turns upside down Olympics, so she's a nut on Olympics. Screams, can't like anything sporting. She she just thrives. She loves it, especially when it's an Aussie. Um, so this Olympics, I've been glued to the screen. I thought I think it's been a, a really magical experience for the viewers at home, particularly because of COVID, where they've uh, they've brought in all these guests. Like last night, they had Johnny Stephenson on after the races. Johnny Steph was talking about so many things that educated me and brought the the viewer, the the, the the average ordinary punter like us, the viewers that don't do athletics like that at that level, brought us into their world and, and educated me on so many things. It was brilliant. And then they had um, Tamsin Lewis who was talking about the race straight after Peter's race and told us about the the, the, the tactics that he was going to employ, etc. All made sense. It was just, it was really, really cool to see and hear from the insights from these legends who have done it themselves. So it was really good. And yeah, Peter Bowles' race last night was just magic. Yeah, you were on social media, as Ben said, just the last couple of days, showing your support for Peter. I was actually hosting a hockey function at the Perth Hockey Stadium. It finished about five to eight, but all the young Thundersticks uh, from the men and the women, they stayed to watch this race. Now, I've got to say, uh, if Peter Bowl wasn't in the event, they may have just filtered off, but it's created a real buzz, and, and why did you get involved? Why did you think, I want to get behind this young bloke? Uh, I, I, I kind of delved into his story a little bit, um, his background, his beginnings, etc. Very humble, be- extremely humble beginnings, um, and how hard he's done it, and how just how tough his life. I have no idea how hard his life and his family's life, and so many people like him in the community's lives must have been. Uh, the the stories that I've I've read and seen over the years about refugee camps, and he was in Egypt, and that for six years I think it was. Um, so just such an arduous start to his life and then come out to Australia and, um, you know, to, to then, I think it was 16 years old, his teacher said, hey, you should try this. You're pretty good at this. And he's now an Olympic final and such a humble cat, man. He's just such a humble dude. How can you not love this bloke? And <laughs> just fell in love with him and it's like, man, I want to see this guy. When I, I wish I knew about him in the Rio Olympics because I didn't, I had no idea. I, you know, I don't follow the sport. I don't follow much sport that closely. What about just quickly, the, the teacher said, would you like to run two laps, Peter? Uh, sorry, 800 metres. And she he goes, uh, how many laps is that? And she said twice. And he did it and he splits the field and it was like uh, an awakening. And hang on, we found one here. Uh, and last night he said, I'm going to take the race. I'm going to take the bull by the horns in this race. It's going to be a slow race. He predicted it. Everything went to according to plan apart from the last 70 metres. He was so close, man. Like he, 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 he was dominating that race. It was crazy. The fastest guy in the world almost over 100 metres. He finished fourth. Um, and I'm sure as an athlete, I'm sure he probably goes, oh, you know, I was so close, etc. You know, I could have done better, whatever. But what he doesn't realise is we all think of him. What the punter thinks of him is like, man, you're a legend. You know, looking yeah. like, man, you're a, you're a superstar. Yeah, yeah. So he should be so, I'm sure he's very proud and so is his family. And so, so, so is his, his um, you know, his, his culture from South Sudan all to Australia. We've, you know, he's, he's one of ours now, man. We got him. He's a legend. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people want claims on him at the moment, whether it's West <laughs> Australia, Victoria, <laughs> South Sudan. Uh, he's, he's owned by everybody. We and all love him. that moment last night watching his family in the lounge room, that was what Mate, the special for me is about, is just those magical moments for families and for the, for the community coming together through sport. 
Well, let's talk about magical moments because you posted one on social media during the Olympics, which I just thought was just so fantastic about your own experience uh, at Sydney. And, and you, it was, was it the opening ceremony where you thought, hang on a minute, I've got to f- try and figure out how I can get my face on TV, say hello to the folks back home when there's going to be thousands of athletes from around the world in the stadium. Talk us through it. Oh, we're at the opening ceremony, and it was such a buzz. Like you know, every every athlete wants to go to the Olympic Games, and so when the when the opening ceremony was, we were the last country to walk out. We had to walk from one stadium at Homebush around to the major stadium. We walked in. There's hundred thousand Aussies going ham, and then when we when Australia walked in, I had one of those old video handycam recorders, and I had that going. And it turns out I was pretty lucky to take some 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 really cool vision. And the crowd just didn't. So from when we walked all the way around the track to where we got to our position, literally a whole lap of the oval. The the noise hadn't got any less. It was, it was almost getting louder. It had been like 15, 20 minutes. We're walking around. It's crazy. And then I remember they gave us these kangaroos. We had to hurl these little um, – we didn't have to. But we were hurling these little rubber kangaroos into the crowd, green and gold can- boxing kangaroos in the crowd. And I had mine on my sh- the can- handicam on my shoulder, and I've just gone and launched it. And when I've launched in the crowd, my, the, the camera was on me. I didn't know. And my handicam actually got the shot of the big screen of me launching it into the crowd just by <laughs> pure chance. But I painted my face green and gold, and everyone's like, oh, what, you know, where, did you, where can I get some zinc? Got any spare zinc? I was like, no, nah, I've got none left. Because I thought if everyone does it and I do it before I get to the, to the ceremony, everyone's going to cotton on and do it themselves. So I waited to the very last moment, <laughs> ran the torch, did my face up, then joined the team. Like, Oh, I wish I'd done that. That was my way of getting on TV because no one knew I was. Um, and you've achieved so much in boxing after that, and we talk world championships. But what about representing your country? That sounds, I mean, just even that moment leading up to Sydney and being part of such a, a spectacular Olympics, where does that sit in your in your career? One of the highest, I guess. You know, I mean, professional boxing is, you know, has, has so much more um, exposure, etc. Um, and the amateur boxing team in Australia, we don't get a great deal of exposure. But for the boxers, we do it for love. We do it for that passion, that that, that hard work, that dedication, the discipline, all the hard work and the sacrifice you put in. Just to get chosen, then when we go and get our Olympic tra- uh, our track suit and get our clothing, and just to get chosen, and I remember the night I was in Canberra, I got chosen and won the tournament to, to go to the Olympic Games. It was just such a magical moment. I was like, man, I'm going to go to the Olympic Games. And then to get there and then to win my first fight against Brazil, you know, I was like, oh, I've never, dr- I've just dreamed of fighting. And then I was the only fighter on the night from Australia fighting, and Homebush was packed and I was the last fight of the night so it was a magical experience and I won the fight by a fourth round stoppage I was like on cloud nine and then the second fight I come up against the, the world champion the the, the 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 current world champion back then and he was eventual gold medalist he won the gold medal Alexander Lebziak and I was able to you know drop him in the second round was was leading the fight he broke my nose bad in the second round and I broke my hand you can see the the break there um, in the still first to this round. day yeah that's Ooh, what I Jesus. did in the first round there um, I don't like you flicking that fist so close to my face, by the way. But we're, gonna, we're, we're in good terms, thankfully, Danny and I. But yeah, it was just, it was, and, and it, the whole experience was so good. So when I see these people, like the other night with the 100 metre, that, that um, high jump, that for me, I was on my wife, I looked over, my wife was in tears. Mm. And I was like almost tearing up. I was like, man, that is so cool. And I replayed it five times. I get my boy, I said, actually, check this out. This guy's a cool dude. The guy who was, uh, where was it, from Qatar. Yeah. Yep. Now, and he had the choice. He could have gone, nah, man, I'm going to win this gold. But he went, probably thought about it, went, you know what? I wouldn't really swore then, but let's both take the gold. We're both done. I like, for me, that was such a magical moment. I've read stories of people go, oh, no, that's not sport. You can't have two gold medalists. Well, hang on. How about uniting the countries and uniting, bringing yeah. people together and showing solidarity and, and unity and going, we're both the best. We both can have a world, uh, a gold medal, and we're both going to be legends 
forever. Yeah, yeah. Why not both do it? That guy from Qatar was so cool. And then to hear the Italian, his screams looked like he was screaming in pain. <laughs> that was just, and then he was pretty excited. Old to Jim hear Carlo. that noise was the noise of pure elation. I could only imagine what he was feeling. It was so cool. Let me ask you, and it was was great. Look, I was bemused by the fact that the athletes get to decide who wins gold and who goes on. In your situation, would you have done the same thing in terms of sharing a gold medal, or do you think? No, I want to beat this bloke and, and show the rest of the world that I am the gold medalist outright. How would you, in, in your sport, not possible, of course, but... Ha- it's a tough question. It really is a tough question. Um, but I, I probably would... <laughs> people might go, oh, that's no good, but you know what? Take I'd, the like to, I'd like to give someone else the same elation, the same feeling. Isn't two people feeling that great and their families and their sacrifice and mm. their reward for the, all the hard work isn't two people sharing that experience better than one and, and so much nerves and anxiety when you're getting to that elite level of performance as well and if someone says to you here's a gold medal you can take it right now as long as you're willing to let another guy have one or you take, take a risk of not winning one at all if you've got the I choice it's a no brainer it's a no brainer they've both done the work yeah. they've both put in they've both performed on that night they've both performed their whole life to get there they both deserve it well, let's talk to the, turn to the boxing now in Tokyo. Harry Garside is keeping Australia's medal hopes alive. How have you been finding his journey through the Olympics so far? I've not seen one boxing fight. I've not seen one boxing fight. <laughs> oh, I'm mean, glad we invited you in, Danny. <laughs> yeah. So I can't really. I don't really. I've not seen his fights. I know that he he had PNG Papua New Guinea first, Namibia second fight. So he was, you know, with all respect to Harry, he should have been victorious in those fights. He did the job. He did a great job there. He then came up against um, Kazakhstan. Very good boxing nation and defeated Kazakhstan in a really tough close fight. Very, very good performance. He's now in against the Cuban, who was one of the gold medal favourites in his weight division. If he can beat this guy, then I think he's going to win the gold medal because this guy's the favourite and I'm thinking, this is the best time to get him because he's fresher. If he has another fight and makes it into the final, then he's not going to be as fresh and I dare say the Cuban's going to have a lot more experience in these big tournaments because they fight generally two or three days apart and the Mm. Cuban would have been in bigger tournaments, would have more experience in these tournaments fighting fights close together than Harry Garside will have. So I think it'll play in Harry's favour if he is to be the best in the big games his best chance is to win the fight against the Cuban tomorrow night so it's just huge for Australian boxing well we love characters in boxing and Harry Garside is just one you don't know too much about him but 24 years of age he's a ballet dancing plumber from Victoria uh, and as all part of his campaign over there in Tokyo he sported painted nails that each showed a different colour of the rainbow so um, we love it in sport don't we just the, the characters and the showmanship this bloke's got a bit of that by the sounds of it. They dance, a ballet dancing plumber. So he's uh, got a few tricks to his sleeve, up his sleeve. And um, wouldn't it be great to, obviously, medal for him? Oh. And and what it's, you know, boxing's been hard yards for Australia for a while. And, and as you know, firsthand, to get it at that level is, is very difficult. It'd be a massive achievement. I'd be huge. It'd be so great for, for, for boxing in Australia, for boxing, and for, for more, so, more so for Harry, his coaches, his family, the guys, his mates, etc. have grown up and watched him and support him. And for him to come out of, out, of, out, of, out of kind of relatively obscurity, he's not, you know, he's not a household name, Harry, but he will be soon, hopefully. Um, you know, it'd be magic for the sport of boxing in Australia. It'd be magic for, magic for, for himself to win. And yeah, like you said, um, he, he's He's a, he's a personality, and we need kids like that with a bit of dash, especially in the sport of boxing. He looks like he's a great young bloke. He's a plumber. He's done his trade. He's, he's, done, his, you know, he's done his apprenticeship in boxing, and now he's at the highest level in the Olympics. Man, I just hope this kid can pull it off.
Yeah, everyone will be watching. And then on the other side of the coin, you've got Sky Nicholson, and she had an exit from the boxing tournament, and her post-fight interview was just heartbreaking. You know, she felt like she let everybody down. Someone said to her, you know, like, you're the champion of Australia, and she said, oh, that doesn't count for anything. Like, she, you could tell she was just so gutted. Like, what's it, what's it like when you find yourself in that place, you know? Like, you've lost a big fight, and you just feel like, you know, you've let yourself down, you might have let your, your corner down. Like, how do you climb out of it? Athletes at that level are very competitive. So no matter what someone says to console you, it's not good enough. You know, it, it takes a while for you to to, to absorb that and, and to get over it. And people may think it's oh, what a selfish bugger. You know, there's more things happening. But at the, at that time, that's your world. That's what you've that's what you've sacrificed everything for to get to that moment. And then to come up short, um, to be hard on yourself shows that she's obviously a very competitive person, and she's going to be more successful having that competitive nature and having that disappointment in her her own performance although we're all like man you're the champ so um, I think that's going to hold her in good stead in the future not being happy and not being satisfied with second best so that's why she's at that level because she's very competitive and we all know the answer to that it's like man you did the best you could and we're all super proud of you and I'll tell you what in sport uh, having covered it for a long time and Danny being an athlete you learn a lot more about yourself in defeat than you do in victory I find that you, you have to get the character and um, put your big boy's pants on at, at times and, and get out there and, and learn from your mistakes and, and as, as you said the appetite would still be there as it would be for WA's Alex Winwood who apologised uh, on social media uh, why athletes have to do this or maybe because social media is such a, a platform for criticism or praise that this is their way of saying I'm sorry they don't have to do it they shouldn't have to do it um, but to those two athletes I'm sure it's, a, it's it'll, it'll in the, the cool light of day um, it'll be an experience that they can build on yeah, Johnny Stephenson um, hit it, nailed it last night on an interview after Peter Bowles' race. He said Peter Bowl is disappointed with himself, and he said, and he should be. He should be disappointed because he is good enough. To, he was good enough to win the gold medal. That's not detracting from his amazing performance, but that's how good Peter Bowl is, and that's the that's the the critical difference. But like, the, the 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 half a second, split second difference between gold and and bronze and silver and fourth is that close, and that goal was so so close to winning it. So yeah, he would be disappointed. I get what Stephenson's saying because Stephenson's a legend of the game and his sport, and Peter Bowl is too. So these guys are super hard on themselves because they are so competitive and they expect so much and because they're at that level they want gold and they're good enough to win it so when they don't get it they're very disappointed himself so as outsiders we're looking in going no nah, man you're the man mm, Green are you happy to stick around while we cast our eye over the rest of the Olympics action easy Aussies in action yeah, well, beach volleyball. Australia will be playing for gold against the USA after defeating Latvia in the semi-final this morning. After winning a first, a tight first set, 23-21, the Aussies rallied from being four points down early in the second to defeat Latvia. So it's going to be pretty pretty massive. Huge. The United States, 10.30 tomorrow morning, uh, listening to Kerry Pothas talk about handing over the baton from a beach volleyball point of view. And she says, yep, these, these ladies can do it, um, including Taliqua Clancy, who's the first Indigenous volleyballer to represent a country in that sport a fantastic effort and uh, they'll be on a high heading into that showdown with the United States um, and during the match we got another typical Aussie moment when in the second set they were picked up by the microphones discussing tactics with the occasional uh, swear word dropped in which um, I suppose if you've got a live microphone 
uh, you're expecting to get something occasionally just uh, drop in from time to time. Yeah, it was tough to see Genevieve Gregson, the Australian record holder in the steeplechase, uh, rupture her Achilles. She's been going to spend the next couple of days in a hospital bed. Pretty, pretty rough injury. Uh, and talking about Aussies, like the, you can't help but talk about the the Olympians who finished their competition over there and maybe haven't left the best impression on the way out. Uh, the Ollie Roos on the plane causing a bit of mischief. Uh, the rugby sevens guys damaging some property allegedly in the in the athletes village when you see stuff like that Danny do you think it, it does kind of paint everybody in a bit of a bad light unfortunately social media today and people are so quick to jump on board and yeah pigeonhole people and tar everyone with the same brush so I don't think it does personally no I don't think it does whoever did it was the person responsible if they were being silly and you know what about 2000 just uh, without giving away trade secrets uh, do you have a uh, obviously no restrictions there but a bit of a party afterwards it's, it's natural after, sure after the work you do for four years in your case to be able to let the hair down and, and have a few drinks and, and enjoy yourselves you know obviously in the right levels but um, you feel sorry for these athletes not being able to do that afterwards and come back to, to quarantine they're only doing what most people do or not what many people do on a Friday and Saturday night 52 weeks of the year so you know they're not doing anything out of, out of the ordinary just that they're scrutinised and they have the public eye looking at them through a, through a magnifying glass these I don't know what they did. I'm, I'm not sure of the claims, but good luck to them. Uh, you know, go have a good time. As long as no one gets hurt and and, and no one's getting damaged, no property's getting damaged. They're not being and they're not being peanuts, disrespectful. Yeah, not being disrespectful. Man, let your hair down. Have a good time. What's the point of doing this stuff if you can't enjoy it as well? Well, on that topic, what do you think is is like the impact of the fact that normally, you know, like and for you in Sydney, you could go to the closing ceremony, you could have that closure on your Olympic yeah. experience, win, lose or draw. That's not going to be the case with the athletes in in Tokyo. They've got to get on a plane a couple of days after they finish, fly back to Australia, straight into hotel quarantine for 14 days. Rad. How about the swimming team? Like we haven't brought the swimming team because they've had the whole world talking about it, but they've gone from this massive high and then going back into quarantine. Like it's, you know, the, I couldn't think of a, a more, more bigger contrast in terms of the sporting elation and then Isolation. What an anti-climax for them. I'm not going to say I feel sorry for them because there's... They knew what I'm not going to feel sorry for them because it's like, man, I, I wish it was different for them, but I can't say I feel sorry for them because there's people out there that are struggling and suffering and losing their lives. They're who I feel sorry for. But it's 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 kind it's of... Unfortunate. Un, it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate, but I'm sure when the two weeks is up, they're going to they're gonna, um, enjoy themselves and let their head out, and as they should because they've done our country so proud. And the cycling has been has been interesting on the velodrome. There's been thrills, spills. And we mentioned Matthew Glatzer yesterday with uh, all his issues, had cancer, etc. He's ended up pulling out of the men's individual sprint, uh, which is really sad news. Matthew Richardson, not our Matthew Richardson from Channel 7, but Matthew Richardson has taken his place with qualifying and the opening rounds on Wednesday afternoon. He came third, knocked out in the uh, ripper charge. Uh, by the way, the Opals, of course, lost to the USA 79-55. to 55, So both our men and women, unfortunately, not uh, shooting for gold. But in diving, Melissa Wu, I've been doing Olympics for a while. Her name seems to have been around forever. Yeah, she's been around for a while. Uh, just before 3pm today, she'll be diving in the 10-metre platform final. She's currently sitting third, so you know every chance of a medal going into the end of that. Uh, the Hockey Roos arrived back in Perth overnight, talking about hotel quarantine. That's where they're going to be for the next 14 days. But they seem to be all smiles on the way back in at the airport. Absolutely, and they'll be heading out to the Perth Hockey Stadium tonight for uh, around 6 o'clock for the network, where there's going to be a huge crowd gathering for the Australia versus Belgium gold medal match in the men. 
weekend. So fingers crossed they can get the job done and what a fantastic end to the tournament that would be for the Australians. And by the way, in the decathlon, Australia's Ashley Maloney sits in second place overall. Watched some of his uh, events last night. Outstanding. Uh, the javelin, the 1,500 metres to go. Could be the first Aussie to win a medal for the decathlon. He's, I think, 21 years of age. Um, has gone into this decathlon thinking, oh, anything's a bonus. He's big chance to go uh, deep into this and, and win a medal, which would be a remarkable achievement. Do you know I'd like to see? And i get your thoughts on this, Danny. This is just off the cuff. So the, the decathlon, amazing. One of my favourite events at the Olympics. What if you had like a decathlon or a heptathlon, but for the fighting sports? So you, ha- you had to compete over boxing, judo, taekwondo, what else is there? Uh, Greco-Roman wrestling. Uh, and if you could come up with another one, UFC and, somewhere. And so in whoever, whoever, ninja star throwing. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's in the Olympics, but it, and if you could, and whoever wins, like on on some points, sort of total. How do you how do you reckon you would go competing in those other sports? I stick to boxing, mate. <laughs> mate, how, how, how difficult would that be? Yeah, but that's the point. It was just like decathlon, right? Like that's you know, like some people are better at long jump, some people are better at pole vault, some people are better at that eight hundred meters or whatever's in there. Um, and it's who's the best over all of them that wins. You were just trying to pinch my idea from a couple of days ago where I said Cady Ledecky versus Ariane Titmus <laughs> in Perth, Scarborough Beach Pool. Hundred thousand dollars. Oh, I thought you were going to put him in a boxing ring. Yeah. No, a swim off. Anyway, I think that's a better idea than yours. But Benny, I, I admire your um, enthusiasm. I'm an ideas man. <laughs> well, well, let's now turn to the medal tally. Australia has dropped down to fifth. We were fourth for quite a while. We're down to fifth now, still, which is incredible uh, for a little nation like ours. Uh, but today's two gold. We climbed back up into fourth, uh, with seventeen golds, four silver, seventeen bronzes. Uh, China way out on top at the moment, thirty-two golds, uh, followed by the US, and then the host nation Japan rounding out the top three Tokyo's top moments and team Great Britain like father like daughter uh, just want a sailing gold medal uh, well how, how would you pronounce that Iliad <laughs> Iliad back in Tyre uh, one sailing gold guess what if you don't know the name a lot of our listeners won't either so say it with confidence so 33 years after her father did in Seoul in 1988 congratulations to her speaking of GB athletes How about this for an eye-watering payday? A remarkable 13-year-old skateboarder, Sky Brown, became Britain's youngest ever Olympic medalist. She took bronze, now worth an estimated $5 million. And, of course, endorsements and everything could flow from there. $5 million? 13 years of age. Thank you very much. Well, that's that's an estimate based on, what, her, like, earning potential, something like that, is it? I would think so. Skateboarding. Milky bars are on her. (laughs) (laughs) Are you you, you skateboard down at the local uh, Scarborough? I'm going to half up my backyard, mate. (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I took that up. At, uh, I used to skate when I was a kid a lot, and then my boys obviously ride into it, so um, I got back into it, and, and uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. But I, I'm touch wood, I've not broken a bone in yet. Oh, mate, that's dangerous to, to admit. And what do you think about it as an Olympic sport? You like it? <clears throat> I think it's magic. Um, we were talking before, before when you were talking about it, I was like, there's some sports that are kind of a bit strange. Not strange, a bit, I don't know. For me, um, it, I think there'll be a lot of people in, in agreement. Um, synchronized swimming. Mm. It's very subjective. I think any sport that's subjective to opinion is very difficult. The floor, or the floor routine. Is it, hang on, hang on. Isn't that boxing? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I totally agree, mate. I totally. I think we should fight to the end, to the other <laughs> guy can't keep going. What to the death? Well, not to the death. Just the other guy gives up. Oh yeah, like you know, the UFC, tap, like tap you out. tap out. 
Pretty much. I think either, either you win by KO or that's or or, or oh, yeah. um you, know, you keep going until there's no winner. The other guy gives up because any sport that is subjective is then open to mm-hmm. controversy and corruption. And I, you know, the floor routine with the, 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 the waving the the flat the the, the ribbons the around. Ribbon, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I kind of can't get how <laughs> one guy can do it better than the other guy, yeah, or the right. other girl can do it better than the other girl. So skateboarding for me is well and truly it's it's graceful. They're 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 proper. Athletes, their yeah, yeah. their, their hand eye, their their physical coordination, their proprioception on those boards is amazing. It's insane. Yep, it's incredible. On yep. that basis, uh, you're saying in boxing, your opponent can just basically give up and say, "I'm out." Oh, we'd both be perfect for that over there in Tokyo because we'd we'd start the round last maybe thirty seconds and then tap out <laughs> right. very early doors. Once we see this bloke coming towards <laughs> yeah, us, it's like nah nah, white flag. Here she comes. <laughs> Just after you like tap gloves at the start, you'd be like, hang on, <laughs> they feel a bit hard. Let's tap out. Um, <laughs> what do you think about what do you think about the Aussies getting a twenty grand for a gold medal? Do you reckon that's uh, other nations get paid a lot more? Do you do you reckon we're we're ripping off our athletes, or do you reckon twenty grand's pretty fair? It's really hard to say. Yeah. You know, it depends on, on on what type of sport it is because, you know, it's just, it's such a, a, a big subject to talk about. I, I really couldn't comment on that. I mean, yeah. considering that these a lot of people um, give up their livelihoods and give up um, all they do, um, and they they sacrifice so much, and then to get twenty k at the end of it, I don't think there's anyone in the games in the Olympic games that is doing it for money. They're doing mm. it for the love, and they're doing it for the passion. They're doing it for that that um, that uh, what's the word that that um, it's just prestige a, of being yeah. an Olympian. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's yep. huge, isn't it? Um, some other stuff bumping around. India uh, winning a bronze medal in uh, the hockey, their first Olympic medal for men's hockey since 1980 with that 5-4 win over Germany. Uh, Facebook, by the way, mistakenly blocking multi-Olympic gold medal winning Jamaican sprinter Elaine thompson Hurrah. The fastest woman in the world. Uh, she was banned from Instagram after she tried to share her 100 and 200 metre races to the platform. Um, anyway. They made it blue. Uh, that's that's <laughs> better. Well, because it's it's because they they said she did not own the rights to share the videos because the IOC police, very strict police their uh, you know use of Olympic content very very strictly. Absolutely, and of course, Seven Network the rights holders. Even there are times where we cannot use Olympic Vision, and obviously, if you're at other rival stations, it's uh, a big no-no, and you can end up uh, costing you a lot of money. Yeah. Well, this is this is an Olympic podcast on the Olympic Broadcast Network, and we can't use audio from the Olympics. The Can we talk about the Olympics? Well, that's oh, really no, in trouble. No, we, get, we, can't, we can't officially talk about the Olympics. We're just talking about some sporting Big event tournament. that's happening somewhere in the world. Bizarre, no. man. <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> and then talking about bizarre, the International Olympic Committee says it will question two members of the Belarus team officials uh, who were allegedly involved in trying to remove sprinter Kristina Samanakskaya from the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, they criticised the management of her team on social media and, and she says officials hustled her to the airport and tried to put her on a plane back to Belarus. So it's a kidnapping situation. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? Um, not sure what the... Real story behind it is, but uh, hopefully she gets uh, home and safe Samanuskaya, and well. Samanuskaya, that's yeah, what I'm going to say. You, you Samanuskaya. You sold it beautifully to me. And, of course, uh, there was that little quirky incident where the horses spooked the sumo wrestler. <laughs> Have you seen that? On the equestrian track. Can we bring this up to show, Danny? So I saw the headline, uh, equestrian riders in Tokyo s- suggest that this sumo statue is spooking the horses at the equestrian jumping, the show jumping. And I read the headline, I thought, oh, come on, no way. And then I looked at the place of placement of this statue and I thought, you know what? I reckon there it might is. be something to this. Yeah, it's quite, uh, well, it's just a bizarre spot to have. And the it's right there next to the jump. So like this big, big sumo guy and looking at it from the other side, it's not that it's appealing. It's a bizarre statue in itself, <laughs> let alone putting it <laughs> no, no. out in the, of course. 
course. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's talk about what's coming up now. Uh, the Matildas, you know, unlucky not to go further into the tournament, but uh, they'll play Team USA tonight. Massive, massive contest to win a bronze medal. Yeah, you think the Americans would be favourites to win that. Yeah. The Australians look pretty fatigued at the end of that uh, last match against Sweden. So, look, let's hope Samantha Kerr and she can lift the country up again to, to another level. Uh, in the men's 1500 metres semi-final, Oliver Hoare up at 7 o'clock tonight and Stuart McSwain at 7.10, so we'll keep a close eye on that. And then this is one of those sports that, uh, well, you either love it or maybe you don't love it so much. Race walking, you know, the competitive walkers who do that funny... I love it. Yeah. I mean, but to me, that's very athletic. And <laughs> it's hard. I'm the champion of my house, Holder. <laughs> yep, I'm the champion, I'm the champion down, walker. You go up and down West Coast, West Coast Drive? Totally, mate. I get those hips swinging. It's awesome. People <laughs> love it. It's great. <laughs> you know, it's terrible. He walks up West Coast Drive not just for uh, getting those hips swivelling. I think he's watching other hips swivelling as he, as he walks up the West Coast Drive. And then, <laughs> and then, of course, the big one, Kookaburras versus Belgium in the hockey, 6pm, gold medal match. Yep. Gold. I've, I've told you, we will go through this competition undefeated, which means uh, we win tonight, and uh, a gold medal for the boys, and I'll tell you, it'll be rocking all those uh, hockey households around Australia at about 8 o'clock tonight. That's my prediction. Mind you, Belgium, a very, very good side. How about the BMX gold medal? Yes. Yeah. Logan Martin. Oh, mate. That. That was epic. So for a sport to go, uh, like, for me, surfing, I'm a surfer, so I love surfing. That's tough. Surfing's tough because of the conditions. Mm. Like, you know, you could, you, not the best surfer's going to win the gold medal. That's yeah, yeah. The, yeah, it's it, it's on on their day. Yeah, like yeah. boxing, sometimes I'm not the best fighter. I've beaten fighters that are better than me. And I've been beaten by fighters that I don't think are as good as me. So it's on the day that it happens. Surfing same, and the conditions were, were pretty ordinary. You put them in pumping surf, and it's a different story. That's when you get a better idea of, but still on their day. So it's hard. But that BMX, as far as the sport goes, mm. geez, that's pretty like brave. It's very, you have to be strong, physically strong, physically fit. And once again, your proprioception, your awareness of where your body is on the, on, the, on the bike and what you're doing in the air. Man, they're incredible. Mm. Our special guest on Let's Go Tokyo, boxing champion Danny Green, is just giving us an idea of uh, where he thinks the Olympics should head, what sports to be in, what sports he'd like to be part of. Uh, if he were an athlete going back many years. Now, tomorrow. Still oh, the big, more- one, big one for Danny coming up, the 50-kilometre <laughs> race walk. Man, you, you <laughs> try walking 50Ks like that. It's hard. And I'm trying to think back to the, might have been the Sydney Olympics. I've, I've forgotten the Australian's name. The girl. She yeah, got the, disqualified. Yes, yeah. the, red, the red card came out. Second warning. Um, Sax, anyway, the, the Saxby. Anyway, my, my mind, I'll, yeah, I'll trace yeah, that up. Yeah. But it was a, just a heartbreaking moment when that red card oh, comes out and the official brutal. steps out. And, and, of course, hopefully that doesn't happen too much tomorrow, particularly for uh, Redown Coley in the final of the men's 50k walk starting at 4.30 tomorrow if you don't mind just uh, yeah, uh, early start you need to be a Seinfeld watcher and uh, remember not to miss the alarm <laughs> well you've got to be an early starter to walk 50k <laughs> yeah, exactly and it's hot over there as well at the moment it'll be hot on the sands in the beach volleyball the gold medal match uh, Australia's Mariaf Atacho del Sola uh, playing Taliqua Clancy uh, against the uh, with Taliqua Clancy against the US uh, that's kicking off at 10.30am yeah the women's basketball uh, it is gold medal match 12.40 between USA and Serbia. The women completely towed up the Aussies, so they're going to be very tough to beat in that one. And Green, you'll be watching the rhythmic gymnastics, the ribbon, the, uh, what else they got, the the ball? I did the ribbon in Wembley with, uh, in 2012, and it was bizarre. You, you mean commentating? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's to say what commentating. did you say? What did you know about it, mate? What well, the hell would you have that, said? That's a very good point, Danny. And I had a lady called Liz Chekovic who was extremely knowledgeable, and I just announced, uh, here we go, Danny Green from Australia. And what Look at him, wave that flag. Oh no! Wow! Oh no! He's lost the ribbon into the crowd. <laughs> so that, all that sort of stuff. And so the, hoop, the hula hoop, all that. I don't know what was.
was magic again. Another magical moment for the Olympics was when Argentina versus Australia, and, I, and Australia had to win by twenty-five, and they got it. Basketball, yeah. yeah. And just before the end of it, the five-time Olympian, I think, from Argentina, the legend, forty-one-year-old. Yep. Remember his name? No, Lansky. but but he he obviously. Um, he, that was his last like, international yeah, you're talking, tournament. Yeah, you're talking the boomers. Yeah, sorry, yeah. That, that that result where the the tu- not nice touch from the, the Argentinians, the Australians was magic. They stopped the game well, like normally they wouldn't stop the game for that long, and the whole crowd gave them, well, the whole everyone there gave yeah. them a standing ovation for quite some time. It was pretty emotional mm. to see that respect, to see a legend Terrific. bow out of the sport. That's for me. That's what the Olympic. That's the magic of the Olympics. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to have a 17 year old Aussie in that rhythmic gymnastics, Lydia Lacavella, uh, in the qualifying round, and that's. Tomorrow morning that kicks off. Go, uh, Lydia. <laughs> now the great thing about today, I've managed to dodge a lot of these uh, <laughs> tricky, tricky surnames. I'll do the next very one. Strategic the women's skate. 1500 metres, Jessica oh, Hull and Lyndon Hall. Gee, that was tough. The final at 8.50 pm. See, Kate's just uh, designed these, so I get a beautiful run. I'll give you the next one as well for what it's worth. In the football, the women's Sweden versus Canada, the gold medal match at 10 am. You can finish us off. Uh, well, who, who are you going to pick in that? Canada has been a bit of a surprise packet. My money's on Sweden, I reckon. I was born in Canada, so I'm going for the uh, Canucks. Oh, yeah. Nah, Sweden's a win for sure. Uh, Artistic, artistic swimming, another personal favourite of Danny Green. Uh, the nose, the nose clips. Is that what it is? You don't like? That, is that, that that's a synchronised swimming. Synchronised swimming. Yeah. Did you call it artistic? Uh, it's artistic swimming? That's what it's called. That's what it's, it's called. called. It's changed names. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Good yeah, it's, that is um, that is that is um, it, I guess I don't know much about it, so I shouldn't be ignorant and shouldn't comment. I don't know much about it. Is it. Tough. So it is tough. It's it's physically very demanding. As I could, I'm sure you I can could never dream to do what they yeah. do. I just find it really tough to how do you know what you're judging? What is mm. what are they doing? I don't get it. But it's extremely tough to do. I take my hat off to them because it would require so much effort and so much time put in. So yeah, well, they're full time athletes. Well, you'd appreciate this we interviewed one of the Aussie uh, artistic swimmers heading over there and like they have not traditionally done very well in this sport and the expectations are look let's be honest pretty low I reckon for the team because uh, there's some of the other nations just you know total jets at this and, and we're not so much like they're basically professionals we're very much amateurs uh, and we asked Amy Thompson you know like what what are your hopes like where do you hope to finish and she said and she was just so happy to be there she's like I just hope we don't come last yeah, good, good honour. honour. Good yeah, honour. So honest. But she would have put in, and her family would have sacrificed so much, all their families yep. would have sacrificed so much. She would have sacrificed so much for the love of the sport, for the love of, of what she's doing. So I wish her all the best in the team. And good honour. Two what rapid questions, ten-second answers. Uh, Anthony Mundine, ever speak to him in the last five years? Oh, when he retired, I wished him all the best and good luck to you, mate. Secondly, uh, boxing, sparring, banned from footy clubs, AFL level, uh, yes or no? Absolutely no, and soon they will not be allowed to um, brush shoulders with each other. It makes me makes me upset to watch the game just get eroded. It's, it's it's a tough game. It's a hard game. You know, I don't know, man. I can't give a 10-second answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> Boxing legend, Sydney Olympian, Danny Green, mate. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you in here for Let's Go Tokyo. Thanks for coming on board. Thanks for having me. And that's it from us today. You can catch all the action from the Olympics at thewest.com.au. Join Skeet and I tomorrow as we speak to basketball legend Andrew Vlahov and bring you all the highlights from the Tokyo Olympics. You've been listening to Let's Go Tokyo by The West Live with Ben O'Shea and Mark Reddings. 